I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You, you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. You, you, it's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can bow like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Shooters, welcome back to another episode of the Shooters Touch podcast where we are growing the game of basketball one story at a time. This week, we have another great player from the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, we have Owen Bourne guesting this week, playing up in Cedar Falls for the Panthers. Talk about a lot of different things with Bowen. Number one, we discuss his dad, the influence that he and his career had on had on Bowen's game. Talk about Brian working working a couple of, of his dad's camps and playing against him in a couple of rec slash old man leagues here in Des Moines. You can tell Bowen is very passionate about the game of basketball, very knowledgeable, very cerebral about it. What drives Bowen is winning and he allows or lets all of those things that come with winning essentially motivate him to be a better basketball player. Uh, we talk about this last season, we talk about the future with the Panthers for Bowen, uh, what that looks like and how a couple of injuries uh, over the last couple of years on the team have really helped and should help the Panthers, a young Panther team here in the future. Great talk with Bowen. Loved every second of it. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. Please share with a coaching friend. Share with a basketball head, a hoop head. Uh, we would love that. Interact with us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We love to hear from you all. Suggestions, comments on some of our posts. And always remember, shoot or shoot. Fourth quarter down three, need a two and one. Better call on me, better call on me. If you know you need well, Bowen Bourne, welcome to the Shooter's Touch. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Bowen, we're excited to have you on. Learn a little bit more about you and your journey um, from Norwalk to Cedar Falls. But um, before we get there, how, how's uh, the offseason go been going so far for you? Had a, had a few weeks here now to start to recover a little bit um, and reflect back on catching up on schoolwork. What have you been doing the last couple of weeks? Yeah, uh, kind of right after the season, uh, took a couple of weeks uh, just physically and mentally just to kind of take a break from it. Uh, it was a long season and a lot of effort went into it. And so, yeah, it took about, you know, a week, week and a half, um, two weeks kind of in there just to, to relax and uh, spend some time at home um, and and really just kind of prepare um, again to, to get started because um, it's a it's an off season, but it feels like, yeah, you feel like you're doing it year round. And so, um, you know, taking some time right now to to still be resting um, and still trying to get my strength back um, and, um, you know, kind of get work in the weight room um, and, and kind of get back on the court and start doing some stuff. But, um, yeah, definitely um, has felt good to, yeah, kind of relax a little bit. And then obviously, yeah, have have had school and um, doing pretty well in school right now. I'm taking some pretty good classes. And so, yeah, definitely 
has been a good, you know, last couple of weeks. Um, the guys are already back in the gym and we've already started workouts and doing stuff and lifting. And so it's been great to, um, take a little bit of a rest and then already kind of be back at it. Um, ultimately like already starting with goals of next season. And, um, you know, so that's kind of an exciting aspect that, you know, once your season's done, it's, it's not too long before you get started again. And so, um, yeah, it definitely has been a good, you know, last few weeks for, for not only me, but everybody else on the team. Yeah, it's always nice to be able to take a few, like you said, it's only weeks until you're right back at it and you start thinking next year. Um, even if you get that much, a lot of times you start thinking next year right away the next morning after you wake up. But give your body, give your brain a little bit of rest, uh, get back in the gym, start working on things. Um, I know summer's a big time too. You know, you guys are going to continue to keep doing workouts and do stuff, but uh, I know you do some camps. So what does summer look like? Do you have some camps already scheduled on the books that uh, people can be looking at, especially, you know, Norwalk people in the area? What, uh, what, what does that look like for you this summer? Yeah. So um, I'm actually doing two camps again this year. Uh, my first one is, is with the West Des Moines Recplex, which is a brand new facility and it's it's a super nice place out there. Um, so if you haven't seen it, uh, my, my first camp is June 5th through the 7th. Um, you know, so right there at the start of June, and then I'm also doing one August 7th through the 9th. And that's just at Norwalk high school in their brand new facility. So, um, yeah, have been uh, pretty blessed to have the recplex kind of work with me. Um, and I was one of their first camps, uh, last year when they kind of first opened up, um, they kind of asked me to, to hold a camp there. And so, yeah, um, has given me a great opportunity to learn and stuff. And so this is, this is actually my third year of kind of doing basketball camps, um, since the NIL has, has opened up and allowed us to do things like that. So, uh, the recplex has been, yeah, great to work with. So yeah, that camp is at the start of June and then, yeah, also holding one in Norwalk at their brand new gym, um, August 7th through the 9th. So yeah, it's been, um, fun and it's been fun to to work with kids and do all that stuff back at home and um, get to spend some time at home with my family but also yeah work with communities um, you know kind of where where I grew up playing high school basketball. And so basketball summer camp is nothing new to you as we talked a little bit off air obviously your dad been doing born camp uh, in West Des Moines at Aspen for forever uh, we talked about I worked a few a few summers of that and as the little youngster you were there uh flaming people out even at a young age they're playing up at least one or two grades but uh what uh what do you what do you cherish the most or what do you remember as a kid going to camp and then how do you try to make it just as enjoyable or just as fun now that you're on the other side hosting camp you know with my camps and with these camps I basically just tried to to make them as fun as possible and so when I first did my first camp this would have been this 2021 maybe. Um, and I just did a, a one day deal, um, and kept it super short and just called it a hoop fest. And so my main, um, uh, my main goal was, yeah, just to create an, a fun environment for kids to go play contests, play games, um, you know, mess around, burn some energy. And, and that's kind of the same concept that I've tried to keep with these camps. Um, I I've made them three days, so they're a little bit longer. So I'm able to do a little bit more skill development with, with layups and stuff like that. But you know, there's a lot of stuff that I try to do is just to make it as fun as possible. Kids are always wanting to compete. Um, and I think, you know, especially nowadays, everything is so serious and everything is so um, parent driven and everybody wants to be the best that they can and everything kind of gets crazy. And so I think, you know, with my camps, that was kind of a main goal that I set and was one of the reasons why I liked basketball camps when I was younger was, yeah, just the 
the ability to go play with your friends um, and mess around and um, have the ability to, to play some contests and win some prizes. And um, ultimately, yeah, you want to have kids get better, um, but they can also have fun doing that. And so that's kind of, you know, the, the main thing that I try to do um, at my camps. And it's one of the things that I enjoyed uh, with my dad's camps is, yeah, I always felt camp carnival and all these contests and all this stuff that I, um, that he did. Um, I try to do a lot of those same things in my camps. Yeah, it is fun. It's, it's supposed to create a love for the game. And so go there and have some fun, obviously get better, learn a few things hear hear a different voice. Obviously see you too. That's a big draw for a lot of these kids, but, uh, definitely, definitely a lot of fun and something that, uh, everybody should, take advantage of if, if you have an opportunity. I know, like you said, it's getting to the point where everyone's playing so much club ball and we're on the road and so parent driven, right. but head out to head out to a few of these camps too. have, have some fun. And so, well, Adam will jump into here to the background as far as like growing up and, and what uh, that all looked like. At what age did you move to Norwalk? So I moved to Norwalk going into fifth grade. So I lived in, in Portland or Tualatin, Oregon. Um, and so I was, yeah, I was born here, um, lived in Alabama for five years and then lived in Portland for about five years and then moved back here. Uh, my mom wanted to be back where she grew up and my dad obviously grew up here. And so kind of just wanted to be back home closer to family. So ended up moving back here um, in fifth grade to Norwalk, which ended up being a pretty amazing, awesome fit. Um, so we're super glad that we ended up, yeah, back in Norwalk. Well, that's great. Um, and as you kind of mentioned, you know, we we have mentioned your dad a couple of times, but, you know, obviously the board camps and stuff like that, but, you know, working as an NBA scout, you know, as long as he has probably something that, you know, would cause that move um, or your family to move quite a bit. But, you know, very, very cool. And like you said, a, you know, an amazing spot down there um, in the in the community. And, uh, you know, uh, after that time, you know, from I mean, I mean, fifth grade on, obviously basketball has been part of your life forever, but you know, what do you remember about, you know, that fifth and sixth grade year, you know, kind of moving into a new, obviously a new school and stuff like that. And, you know, having, having basketball kind of integrate you into that, into that community. Yeah. I think, I think moving at any age is hard, um, you know, for anybody. And so I think, you know, being that age, I always felt like it was a super tough age to move because you're kind of right at that point where, you know, when I left, I obviously had a friend group that I was really close with. And then when you move, you get thrown into a friend group who are, they're already made, you know? And so like, it's hard to push yourself into that. And so I think, you know, that's one of the great things about um, not only basketball, but just sports in general is, um, and just why I would recommend it to really anybody is because you get more time to hang out with those people. And, and so basketball was definitely a way that, you know, when I moved, if I wasn't involved with sports, like it would have been a lot harder for me to go out and be social and maybe make friends or do stuff. So uh, basketball, yeah, definitely helped me like moving in right away. Like people, people already kind of knew like, oh, you know, there's, there's this kid and he's good at basketball. And so um, you immediately kind of start to form some connections and you have somebody to, to go to recess with, you have, um, you know, kind of a group of friends that you immediately kind of get thrust into um, simply because you have similar interests. And so, yeah, basketball played a, played a huge part um, within, yeah, me making the, the group of friends that I was basically with all the way until the end of high school and then still friends with a lot of them now. 
Yeah, that's great. And you know, it, uh, we talk about the benefits of athletics, you know, sports all the time, you know, it's, uh, obviously a way to stay in shape, stay healthy and stuff like that, have fun, but, you know, integrating you as, as somebody coming into a new community, obviously, like you said, helped a lot too, but, and so at that age, uh, were you just basketball at that age? Were there any other sports that you were playing when you, um, I guess more specifically when you moved, when you moved back up here? When I lived in Oregon, I played, obviously played basketball, um, played soccer, and I think I played baseball for a couple years in there. Um, and then didn't like baseball just because it was too slow. Like I didn't, I didn't like, I was an outfielder um, and I couldn't really hit very well. So I, I didn't really like baseball, but yeah, I played, I played soccer um, all the way up until my eighth grade year. Um, and then also ran cross country and track um, my seventh and eighth grade year. And then my freshman year, I also ran track, but yeah, I was, I was involved with some other things, but then ultimately once I got to about my freshman year was when I realized, Hey, like this is something that I actually want to take serious. Um, and then ultimately, yeah, I just decided to focus on basketball and, um, and put everything into that. Yeah. When, um, I guess when you're talking about soccer, you know, obviously, obviously foot speed and stuff like that, lateral movement and those types of things helps out, but you know, uh, what else do you think that uh, you brought from soccer onto the basketball field or sorry, basketball court? You know, I, I enjoyed playing soccer and was was on a pretty good team. Um, and ultimately with with like cross country and track um, and soccer, like the running you have to do um, is just a lot more. It's just a lot different than basketball where, you know, basketball is a lot of short, um, quick change of directions and, and soccer can be a little bit more longer pace uh, you're running maybe a little bit more each game um, in each practice and and then obviously track um, track I did a little bit of both so I would run short distance but uh, my main uh, races were the longer distance stuff and so yeah I mainly use that to um, to stay in shape um, and to be ready um, you know when AAU season came around when basketball season came around like I just always wanted to be in really good shape and and so those were great ways for me to yeah, cross train my body um, and, and also work on different muscle groups and and do different types of things and also just be in different roles. Like I think that's another good aspect of, of playing multiple sports is, you know, I was always pretty good at basketball, but I wasn't as good at soccer. Like I was I was still all right. Um, but it's also fun. Yeah. To to be in a different role of, oh, I'm not the best player. You know, now I'm a, a guy that has to be a, a better teammate and. Um, somebody that is maybe just a strictly a defensive type of player. And so I think that was a, a valuable thing that I took away from soccer as well. Um, because yeah, we had a, had a pretty good team. Um, I think we won maybe one or two, uh, like state championships with, um, with West Des Moines. So like had a good team and, um, and so, yeah, I think that was a valuable, like piece of it as well was not only the the physical part of it but yeah also just playing in different roles and being in different positions and um, having to fight through some adversity that you might not have to if you're all you're the best player in basketball then um, it just gives you a, a different look at things I'm really happy you mentioned that too because we talk about that um, as well with with you know some of our other guests but you know being a teammate you know even if you are the best best player on the team on the basketball court you know, sometimes you may have an off night or your teammate might be cooking a little bit more than you. And so, you know, being a good, having that, having that the wherewithal to be able to do that and, you know, having that experience on the, you know, whether it's soccer field, you know, football field, baseball diamond, whatever it is, it's such a benefit to, 
players who are used to being the guy or the girl. Right. And so that's, uh, you know, a um, huge benefit that it, it sounds like you realized at that time. Um, and, and, and you obviously probably helped you along your, you know, along the journey as well. But, um, if we're talking specifically, you know, you moved, obviously, like I said, in fifth grade, um, or like you said, in fifth grade, what was, uh, what was AAU like at that time? Yeah. So, uh, moved here. Yeah. Fifth grade, um, and was initially involved with the group called the Spurs. Um, and so they were like a local little club, like right out of, um, right out of West Des Moines. So like Peyton Sanford was on that team. Um, my cousins, uh, one of my cousins was on that team and, had a couple other just, yeah, like solid players um, that were pretty good high school players. And so, um, yeah, I played with them for uh, maybe one or two years. Um, and then I played with Kingdom Hoops, I want to say maybe like seventh grade on up until I joined the Barnstormers and played with the Barnstormers. But yeah, I played with the Spurs for a little while. Um, and, and yeah, kind of just played in some local tournaments. And then um, at the time, Kingdom Hoops was like the main AAU program in the state. Um, and, and we had a really good team with them. And um, and then ultimately, yeah, I moved over to the Iowa Barnstormers right around maybe my freshman year. So um, played with some, yeah, really good AAU teams and got to be around some really good coaches and, and people to help me develop with you and Peyton on that, on that Spurs team, doesn't sound like that was too, that was too bad of a team either. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> we were pretty good. That's good. That's good. And obviously you mentioned kingdom. Yeah. I mean, they've been, you know, probably one of the upper echelon of AU teams for quite a while. So that's a good, good experience them too. And obviously barnstormers, you know, the, the, I guess, pedigree of players that have come through that program um, obviously speaks for itself too, but who was who a player that you remember the most, maybe one or two players you remember playing against the most on some of those AAU, AAU trips or AAU tournaments? Yeah, I mean, we, we played against some really good players, um, you know, especially with the Iowa Barnstormers. Like, you know, once you got to that level, playing on the Adidas circuit, there were some pretty good players, um, you know, guys like Jalen Green, you know, a lot of guys. Jalen Suggs um, is another one, but a lot of guys that are, you know, playing in the NBA right now. And so, yeah, there was a lot of guys that, you know, kind of through the years that, that we played against um, that also had some really good teams. And so, yeah, playing with the Barnstormers was a, a great way to, to kind of see how you match up with, um, you know, at the time, some of the ESPN top 100 kids or, you know, kind of whatever they would be ranked. Like it was always fun to kind of, yeah, see, um, you know, how good those kids were. And, and obviously where they've gotten today is, is pretty awesome to be like, Oh, you know, like, you've just kind of also formed relationships with, with some of these players and even some of the guys that, you know, will play in the Valley um, and, and, t- and teammates. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of guys that I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember, I remember playing him and I remember all oh, he did. He had a good game that game or um, whatever. So the, yeah, the, the AU circuit and playing with the Barnstormers with Adidas was, was really good for me um, and got to play against, yeah, some really good players who are in the NBA right now. What role did your dad have as a coach for you growing up? Was he super hands-on, super active, or what? Uh, what do you remember from a, as a youngster the role that your dad had in influencing your basketball? Yeah, he had a he had a huge part of it, and I wouldn't say it's um, it was a super like strict um, you know way of of coaching and, and kind of teaching, but it was definitely very, yeah, very hands-on and, and he was always very involved and always willing to rebound and always willing to, uh, to kind of help me out. And so he was, yeah, a really good, um, you know, teacher for me, especially at a young age, um, just when it came to, to playing the game the right way, uh, learning 
how to shoot, um, the fundamentals of the game, like just basic stuff that he did just a really good job of, of teaching me. And so then I basically took those and, and built them, you know, myself, but also as I got better, uh, he, he gave me more information, uh, more things that I can continue to get better at. So, you know, he's, he's played a huge part in it. Um, not only when I was younger, but still to this day, um, uh, you know, we still talk, we still talk a lot just about all the things, all the things that I'm seeing out there um, on the court and uh, don't obviously get to, to work with him as much simply because I'm, I'm not there anymore. But yeah, up until my senior year of high school, like we did stuff, um, you know, almost every day. So it was a uh, very, yeah, hands-on, not uh, super strict, but yeah, definitely um, was a big reason of, of why I am who I am. And what about your brother? What role? Uh, I know what four years difference. What's the age difference? Is there four? Three? Yeah, yeah. Four. Three I think it's four because um, it's COVID year. Yeah, yeah. And I I remember being mad about it because I never got to play with him in high school. So right. I remember being upset. But um, but yeah. So he he's gotten a ton better. Um, you know, especially I would say right after his like freshman year to his sophomore year. Um, he got yeah just a ton better, and so he. He was always one of those guys that, um, you know, because of that age difference, it was always like so weird. Like it was just far enough apart to where like we we never really meshed super good. And so um, and so, yeah, just in terms of um, where we were at, like physically and all that stuff, like, you know, I would be, hey, like, let's go. Let's go work out. Let's go shoot. And like he just wasn't to that age where, you know, this is serious enough for me to go um to go get beat by my brother in one-on-one like you know just just the age difference was was just far enough apart um and so now when I go back um you know we still have great workouts and we still have great stuff that we do um just basketball wise but yeah he was he was just you know maybe a year or two um you know just younger than um you know it would have been if it was yeah just a closer, just basketball relationship in terms of that. But, um, he's definitely, yeah, he's, he's grown into his own player. Um, and, and he's really gotten a lot better and it's been, yeah, super fun to, to see his growth, um, you know, kind of follow, uh, just a really impressive route. Um, you know, I think he's, he's getting to the point where he's, yeah, he's wanting to play division one basketball and wants to play, um, after high school, regardless of what it is. But I think, yeah, it's been awesome to see him grow, um, and get a lot better. I think you're exactly right. It's been it's it's then it's been super fun as an outsider looking in, watching um his game progress, uh his game improve. And you know, I think he'll have a legitimate shot at exactly what you mentioned, elite at the very least playing basketball after after high school, but you know, a division one spot as well. Um and so how about how about your transition into high school? Um, were you immediately on the varsity team? Were you immediately thrown in the starting lineup? What did what did that look like? In seventh grade, um, over the summer. Uh, obviously you're not allowed to play varsity basketball until you're actually in high school. So obviously some States are different like Minnesota. I think you can play when you're in middle school, but um, in seventh grade, I played varsity with um, like the summer. So like team camps, that stuff. So seventh, eighth grade, I played with the varsity team. And then, yeah, my freshman year, I was a day one starter um, and, and started every game um, until my senior year. So uh, I was a, uh, it was kind of a transition similar to, to my one to college. Like you're kind of just thrown out there. And um, obviously the one to college is a much larger gap to cover. Um, but yeah, my transition to high school, um, I think my freshman year, maybe 
maybe averaged, you know, right around like 10 points a game, 12 points a game. So it was still a pretty decent contributor. And, um, you know, at that point, I didn't, I didn't really know what it was like to play with guys, uh, you know, four years older than me, you know, I've, I've kind of played up sometimes in my life, um, you know, whether it was one or two years, but had never played, played against guys that much older. So it was a little bit of an adjustment, uh, but was definitely something that, you know, I kind of felt ready for. And um, ultimately, yeah, had a, had a decent freshman year. I think we, we went under 500, we went 11 and 12 um, and lost in the sub state semifinal maybe. So um, we lost right before the game to go to state to Grinnell. So um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a weird year. Uh, we felt like we had a pretty good team. Um, and then obviously the next year, and the next three years really had really had really good seasons. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a, an, an adjustment um, and, and was an area where I yeah, got to got to grow a lot. So speaking of growing, when you were in seventh grade, if you're playing varsity, uh, I mean, how tall? How tall are we in seventh grade? Because oh, you're what, 5'11"? I was, I was, yeah, yeah, I was short. Like, I think at that point I might have been 5'6", five, 5'7", five, like oh, probably God, yeah. a probably a, a buck 45 like I was <laughs> I was tiny and so um yeah but you know even in those situations like you know that's where I feel like your confidence um and a lot of that stuff uh, can still carry over because I remember still feeling like oh like you know I am still a good player out here like it's different because it's a lot harder but you know I just remember you know that summer of my seventh grade season like being so excited and then yeah being also being like I'm a good enough player to, to play with these guys like right now. And so it gave me a lot of confidence going into my freshman year knowing, yeah, um, it's obviously going to be difficult, but um, I'm always, yeah, searching for, for the best competition and then wanting to be the best that I can. So it was, yeah, it was great for me. Um, and obviously super thankful that coach Larson was, was willing to be like, Hey, we're going to bring up a seventh grader and he's going to play this summer with us, you know, like, so, I think Coach Larson again um, is a, is a huge huge factor of again why I am who I am today because he was a he was the guy that instilled um, a, ton, a ton of confidence in me. Well, good. So then uh, transitioning to sophomore year, what was the what was the biggest maybe sophomore? I mean, we can kind of put these together. We don't need to break down every year, but what do you remember kind of being the the moment when? the game started to kind of slow down a little bit for you and you started to kind of pick your spots a little bit more. Yeah. So I, I would say definitely that year, like my freshman year, I, I wouldn't say that I was a, a great player. Um, you know, I would kind of say I was just, you know, obviously out there and, and trying to do the best that I could, but I always kind of brought it back to like, do I feel like I have any impact on whether we win or lose? Like I would always feel like my freshman year, I, I don't remember a game feeling like I can, I can take over the game. Like I can physically help us win. And so obviously my freshman year stopped, stopped running track um, and started yeah to really take basketball serious. And so that summer, I just remember putting in a lot of time, uh, putting in a lot of work, um, you know, to, to become a lot better because that was basically kind of the time where I was like, you know, like I sat my parents, like, this is what I want to do. Like, I don't want to run track anymore. Like, because I feel so light, like, you know, I want to start lifting. I want to start doing some of this stuff that's going to help me get to the next level. And, and I don't think at that point, um, I really considered anything else other than division one. Like, I was just like, that's just what I want to do. Like college basketball, I want to play at, um, a division one school. And so 
yeah, took, um, took things a lot more serious. And then, yeah, started to, to realize, Hey, like I can actually be a really good player. Um, I have some really good, you know, assets and, um, ultimately, yeah, had, had just a unique, um, you know, leadership viewpoint, always felt like I was just a really good leader, you know, regardless of, of, um, how old I was, like, you know, um, my freshman year, like I was breaking down the team, like I'm, I'm the one doing a lot of this leadership stuff. And so I always kind of knew that I, yeah, just felt like I had something special. Um, and so, yeah, I started to take it serious and then, uh, had a really good team our sophomore year. Um, I think we had, we had me. And so at that point I was probably like five ten. like I had grown uh, pretty much to what I am now. And so, um, I was 5'10", but then everybody else was like, I think in our starting lineup was Luke Vasky, who who walked on at Drake and played a year or two. Um, so he was a really good player and a really good high school player. And then we had, you know, like 6'4", 6'5", um, Tyler Endress, who went to play football at Iowa, like who was 6'9", and, and just huge. Like, so we had a really good um, and really tall high school team. And uh, but we're, we relied a lot on our talent. And so, yeah, that year ended up getting beat um, to the eventual state champion, who was Glenwood in the quarterfinal round. I think we were up we were up 22 at one point in the first half, up 18 at halftime and ended up, yeah, getting beat, um, getting beat by, you know, oh, maybe 10 or, or um, you know, whatever it was. And so then that, you know, that ate at me terribly. And so then that, again, pushed me um, kind of into the next year to kind of make another another step. But yeah, that, I mean, that sophomore year, I would say that was probably one of our most talented teams um, and a team that definitely could have won um, a title. But ultimately, yeah, um, you know, we had relied on our talent a lot through that year. And so then when we kind of hit some adversity, which we hadn't experienced a lot. I think we had lost two games up until that point. Um, and so, yeah, that one, um, that one kind of hurt. And so ultimately, yeah, pushed me um, to work even harder going into my junior season. Coach Larson is sick to his stomach right now. Listening to this, uh, <laughs> we, I would yeah. say we, we've heard that story a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a bad one that, um, that I wish I could forget, but it's also yep. a, a huge, a huge piece of, of again, um, why I'm the player I am today um, and, and why some of the other things that, that happened after mean a lot more because going through some of that stuff sucks pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, it sounds like you you learn from those, you know, you learn from those things, whether they're losses, whatever it is, um, which, you know, honestly, a lot of a lot of a lot of high school high school kids don't take that so seriously. And, you know, that's obviously been a part of your growth. So that's that's very cool to hear. Um uh, you know, you, you had some really, really good teams in high school and we'll get to, you know, you ending your high school career on, on, uh, on, um, the high note, obviously too, but you know, what a lot of Iowans and, you know, Iowa high school basketball fans know about is your battles with Oskaloosa and Xavier, um, Xavier Foster and Cole Henry actually, um, you know, really, I loved his game in high school. Um, what do you remember about those matchups? You know, I know, that you know he came out uh on top on some of them came you know out on the bottom on some of those but what do you remember about those matchups those environments um and you know playing those 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 really good teams against your really good team yes some of those some of those games were super fun um 
you know, we, I don't think we both were very good our freshman year, but then uh, for the next three years, you know, pretty much every time we played each other, you know, it was, it was a really fun game. Um, I remember, I think it was my, my junior year, we played them on Friday, um, both times and just like, like sold, like sold out, like, and so some of those, yeah, games, just the environment and, and the gym size and, and being in a 3A school and like just the, the competitiveness that, that those games had, um, you know, I always just enjoyed, yeah, being a part of it because I knew that those games were going to be so good and, um, and that it, there was going to be tons of people and everybody was going to be watching. And so it, it made for a, a super cool experience because I felt like, you know, for, for that day or whatever, that week, like you're all anybody's talking about in high school basketball is, is this game. And so, um, yeah, I had some, some really good matchups with them, uh, my sophomore year and then, um, junior and senior year. I don't, I don't think we played them on Friday very often. Um, simply because I remember there being like, you know, the fire departments in all the towns were like worried that, you know, they're, we're packing too many people in here. And so, um, and so I, I really think that they switched them to Tuesdays um, because of that. But like still, um, even even then, it still like didn't matter. And so, yeah, once, um, you know, once I was a senior um, and I would say, yeah, my my junior year and senior year are the ones I probably remember the most. Um, and yeah, just remember those games just being super fun and obviously playing them junior year um, in the state title um, in Wells Fargo, which was almost full as well. Like just, you know, playing against them um, and also playing against um, some really good players was, was super fun. And it also gave you an opportunity to, to also see, Hey, this is a guy that's, that's seven foot and six, nine, like, how can I prove that I'm good enough to play at the next level? So that was also another piece of it for me that, um, you know, I also kind of carried with me because I was like, yeah, people say I'm, I'm too short, but I'm going to go do exactly what I do every single game against guys who are seven foot and, and six ten, six nine. Like that's, that was kind of my mindset as well. So um, it was super fun, um, you know, as a team, but also one of the reasons why I think, um, you know, some of these schools, you know, started paying attention a little bit was because of, you know, we had some good talent, like not only Oskaloosa, but a lot of the talent in Iowa at that time, um, you know, tons of them are playing division one basketball um, or football or um, playing uh, past high school. So there was just, yeah, a lot of good talent, especially in the little Hawkeye conference at, at those years. So well, if yeah. I asked you, Oh, sorry. So if I asked you, would you rather beat Pella or Oskaloosa? Uh, I would have said probably Oskaloosa at the time uh, I played. Yeah. Pella was always a good rivalry, but yeah, I almost, I think at the time, going through it, Oskaloosa was almost more, um, which was maybe a little bit different than, than previous years. It was always good with, with Pella, but yeah, with Oskaloosa, it was, it was something different with the, with the crowds and all that stuff that we would get. So, You're but right. I'll take, I'll, I would take beating both of them. So, which we, which we did do a lot of the time. <laughs> which you did quite a bit. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, kind of essentially putting yourself on the map with those games. And I think you did a pretty good job with that as, if my memory serves me, I think there was a 50 piece that you dropped on them uh, once maybe. Uh, so that's yeah, a pretty good way to put yourself I on. Were, I think there's a couple of them in there. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good way to put yourself on the map. Um, yeah, and sure. then with that too, you know um, what was the, and this is maybe, maybe a lot of recollection for you, but what was the scouting report against those guys? Like, what were you guys trying to do? Obviously it's, you know, 
it's it's hard to stop them if they're that tall and you know just kind of an average player but those two players were really good and they had the height too so what did the scouting report look like against those guys yeah gosh i i probably don't even really remember the uh the years prior um you know, but with Coach Larson, a lot of times, you know, it wasn't too much, it wasn't too much scouting. Like it was, it was a lot focused on us. Um, you know, there was some of it like, you know, our, our senior year, um, maybe even our junior year too, we put Tyler Johnson on him, who was like 6'3". And, um, you know, Xavier didn't play a ton on the inside. Uh, Cole did, Cole did a lot more um, simply just because Xavier could shoot. Like Xavier was a really good shooter. And, um, and so, yeah, I don't remember a ton, um, in terms of, yeah, specifics, um, other than, yeah, kind of just like the week leading up to it, like, you know, rebounding is a big emphasis, um, you know, boxing out. Um, but yeah, we never really, um, I guess the one thing on offense would have been, you know, like shot fakes, like, you know, he's going to, they're going to try to block everything. Like it's just different. Um, you know, when you're, when you're going against a seven foot center, um, and then the rest of the season, you're playing guys who are, you know, maybe six, five, like it's just a little bit different. And so, um, yeah, I think that's one of the things that, that coach Larson did a good job of, um, is, is mainly just trying to focus on us and focus on what, what we want to try to do and, and just play our game. And, um, you know, we always felt like, yeah, like, you know, we're going to win and we're going to do, you know, whatever it takes. And um, so, yeah, I don't remember, don't remember a ton of it, but it was always, yeah, um, kind of some emphasis on, on those kind of basic things. The basics and, and more so about your team than against them. Right. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Good, good. Um, well, you mentioned uh, your junior season, um, you know, falling short and the annual you know, losing Dasquus in the state title. I was uh, in attendance to that game, just a incredible game, another great game. Um what was the next year your senior like? Was that just just in your head specifically, individually? Was that a state championship or bust kind of year? Um, or wasn't that necessarily, you know, kind of floating around in your head? I would say it was more toward the start. Um, and maybe, you know, that summer, like, that was obviously something that I had done, um, you know, even the year prior. Like, once I had gotten to, to state um, and had lost to Glenwood, you know, that really drove me, um, but you know, that, that junior year summer. So like, um, you know, kind of like around this time, it was like really hard for me because I was like, I didn't know like if we could do it again. Like I was like, we're losing guys, we're losing key pieces. Like, I really don't know if this is something that we can do simply because I knew how hard it was. And so I think that like that month, um, that month or two after the season, like I really struggled with like, like, man, like I just put so much time. I just put so much effort. I just did all of this. And it feels like you have like absolutely nothing to show for it. Like you, it was basically like a failure. And so, um, you know, it obviously isn't in the grand scheme of things. Like, you know, you should never base stuff like that on, on wins and losses, but, um, as a competitor and as somebody who's involved in sports, like that's also just kind of what you do. And so, um, I would say that was a, it was a hard off season for me just to kind of try to get myself back going again. But, you know, then once I was in that, once I was in that mode again, like I was at fully locked in, like, you know, that that's what we're going to do and we're going to win it. And, um, and so I don't think I ever really looked at it like, as if it's going to fail because like I genuinely never thought one time that we wouldn't like win the state championship. And so I think it's a weird thing. And, and me and coach Larson talk about it, um, you know, a lot. And so we actually had a great, 
a great conversation uh, right before the state championship. And, and there was almost like such a, you know, at peace with it. And it was like, we were almost like, it was like an out of body experience to the fact that we were so not concerned about losing that. Like, it was almost just like, there's no way we're going to lose this game. Like we are going to win. And, and I just remember having just a really good conversation um, just with him and, and just everything that had kind of lined up and, um, everything had kind of all just been in our favor. And so once we kind of got to the the state finals, um, and obviously that was right as COVID started and, and they let us play and like, we didn't know if we were going to play. And, uh, once we got there, it was just like, there was no nervousness. Like I went to bed at like 10 o'clock that night. Like I slept great, like, which was different than the year before. Like there was just so many things that I was just like, yeah, we're going to win. Like it, it wasn't even a second thought to me that that losing would be a, a possibility. And so, um, you know, in saying that it's kind of weird. Um, and, and I don't know if anybody else will really even understand it, but, um, yeah, it really wasn't a, a state championship or bust because, you know, for us, um, and for me, you know, me and coach Larson talked about it, like we had already won, like, um, you know, with, with everything that we had gone through during that season and, um, you know, the relationships that we had built, like that, that year, it was like, regardless of what happens, like, we have won. And, and, and so that took, I feel like a lot of the pressure off and, um, and ultimately yeah, ended up winning that game and was a, was a really great feeling. Uh, but yeah, it was a, just a fun year all around. We'll get to more on that state tournament around. We will talk about that championship, but when, when did you commit? Do you remember when, what, uh, how? Was yeah. It? So <clears throat> I committed, uh, in August of, um, going into my senior year. So it was after my junior year, um, had done all the live periods and then committed. Yeah. Right before, uh, right before my senior year, like school started. How big of a impact do you think that also had on a little bit of your mindset? You talked about that junior year. It feels like, you know, there's a lot going on. You're trying to do everything you can to help this team win. You're trying to figure this out. You got these battles with Oski College is looming. I mean, you talk about kind of coming to this peace of mind, State, do you think that, uh, you know, having that, uh, knowing where you're going and knowing what the next step kind of helps too? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I think that was something, you know, throughout the whole recruiting process, like that was something I wanted to do, like simply because of the fact I didn't want to have to worry about it during that season. And so that was something that I, yeah, kind of did ahead of time was, was yeah, get it out of the way. Like, and, and I knew I wanted to go to Northern Iowa, so it wasn't like I rushed my decision or anything, but um, yeah, it was definitely something that, yeah, I didn't want to be distracted by anything. Um, I wanted to, to just play basketball and um, be committed and, and know what school I was going to. So yeah, um, that was something I had kind of planned on, on doing um, simply just so I could just enjoy my senior year. Yeah, that, uh, that, that makes sense. And we'll talk a little bit more, obviously, here in just a minute about you choosing you and I and what that transition looked like. But before we before we go full circle then, so that state tournament run, you guys show up as the one seed um, again, which you guys were your, your junior year, um, and then just absolutely blew the doors off of Harlan in the first round. Um, what do you remember about that first game your senior year? And then leading into, um, who'd you guys have in the second round? You played Ballard in the second round. Was it yeah. after the second round game or when did the, when did, and then when did COVID, like how did that all come about? So take me through those first two games and then let's lead into the championship. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, played, played DCG at Valley um, and beat them pretty good um, to get to state. 
and then, yeah, once we got to state, um, again, it was kind of one of those things, like a lot of the pressure went off, like we made it to state. And so, yeah, beat, beat Harlan pretty good. Um, and kind of had a slow start to that game and, um, and kind of same, same with the Ballard game. And so the, after we had beat, after we had beat Harlan, um, that would have been a Tuesday. So like that Wednesday, I remember um, was kind of right around the same time NBA was shutting down. Um, a lot of things were getting shut down. And so I remember being like, let's just get to Friday. Like, let's just get to Friday without anything, without this being canceled. Like other, other states had started canceling their state tournaments. So like there was a lot of like weirdness going on. And so I remember we played Ballard. I think it was at two o'clock that day. And I think Kim Reynolds was giving a speech on like what was going to happen with some of these new, you know, whether it was guidelines or whatever, basically like it was going to be um, in terms of like the social distancing and stuff, like what are going to be the, the rules for the, for our area. And so I remember getting ready for the Ballard game was probably the weirdest part because we were basically told like, Hey, like you guys might tip the ball up and we might close the entire arena because Kim Reynolds is talking at two o'clock and you guys tip off at two. So like getting ready for that game was super weird because it was like, like, how do you get ready for a game when they've told you like, Hey, like can't like Kim Reynolds is probably going to like, we're probably going to have to take you guys off the court. Like as soon as you guys tip the ball up, because she's going to say, Hey, you know, you can't have more than 50 people inside a inside space. So like, it was just a super weird, um, you know, kind of like entire pregame to that whole day. Um, and then uh, obviously kind of got things rolling and ended up beating Ballard pretty good. And then, you know, kind of right after the semifinals, um, Al Lammers, who was our AD at the time, comes in the locker room and is like, like, hey, guys, like there's going to be no fans tomorrow. Like this is your state championship. There's going to be no fans. And so. Um, that aspect of it was kind of weird, but um, I remember after that game, uh, we met at the high school, and I remember I kind of got up and I and I just told the guys like we got to play in a lot of really good games and a lot of sold out games and a lot of sold out gyms with thousands of people. Like it does not matter how many people are in this gym tomorrow. Like we're gonna go win and we're gonna get it done. And so I just remember again, kind of just being like they're letting us play now. We know we're going to play. So like getting ready for the state championship was almost a whole lot easier than the semifinal because it was like, we had no idea what was going to happen. Like, and it was just such a weird time in general and, and everybody was freaked out. And, um, and so, yeah, once, once they had told us like, Hey, you guys are playing, they're going to let, they're going to let a hundred people total in the building. Like once, once we knew we were playing, like I didn't, I didn't give, anything about if how many people were in there like yeah I think looking back on it now I'm like man like I would have loved that place to be packed and to have won it with with everybody there but yeah to um to just yeah be able to play um when when really a lot of states didn't allow any of their high schools to finish their state tournaments um just felt super lucky that that I got to experience at least yeah winning that because I think it would have been really hard to uh to not being able to play that game so you guys, you guys knew knew right away after you the semifinal game that you were playing the finals, right? So yeah, they okay. they had told us yeah like you're playing, um, 
because whatever, yeah, whatever guidelines that she had set up, um, it was big enough to where we could play. So I think it might've been, um, you know, a hundred people in an enclosed space or whatever. So like we knew the guidelines that were set for the next, next week or two, um, that the state was going to allow us to play and was something that we didn't have to worry about. So, um, again, there was kind of like all this stuff that was like, let's just be at ease and let's just play. Like, let's just be glad that we're playing this game today and, and let everything take care of itself. So, um, yeah, we, we knew right after that, um, we were going to play, but it was also still, still kind of weird to be like, like, man, there's, there's really going to be nobody in this place tomorrow. So it was, it was a little weird, but once we got out there, um, I don't think I, I, I really noticed it one time. So, right. You know, I've been to a couple uh wolves games that have been kind of like that probably too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, definitely a different environment than like a, a, a usual state championship game, but right. you know, with the game during the game, it sounds like you were kind of in, in a state of mind where, you know, Hey, this is going to happen. I'm going to be holding this trophy at the end of the game. What do you specifically remember about the game? Um, you know, when you were, you were playing, whether it be uh, you know, your, your, your continued confidence, the whole game or, or whatever that is, what do you remember about that game? Yeah, I remember not having a great, you know, a great first half, um, just individually. Like I just remember not shooting it as great. Um, which up until that point, like I, I played so good, um, my entire senior year, like there was really not a single game where I ever like didn't play like good. Like, and so it was, it was a little weird. And I remember being like, man, like, I wish like, why, why am I not making some of these? And so just kind of throughout the game, um, just like stay aggressive, like stayed in the same mindset. And, um, and, and I do remember like the, uh, the, just the one stretch, like in the third quarter where I think we got it. Um, uh, we were up maybe 14 or 16. Um, you know, even, you know, at the start of the fourth, like we were up big and then, Sergeant Bluff came back um, and and within the last like three, four minutes of the game, like cut it to four. And um, and so at that point, I just remember just being like, just stay afloat, like just just make it to the end. Like that's all I remember thinking about. And 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 I remember, yeah, just a couple plays, like a couple of our guys. Um, you know, miss back-to-back free throws and they came down and, and would make an and one. And like, we just had a ton of three-point plays or three-pointers that really hurt us. And, um, and then obviously the end of the game, end of the game up four. Um, I, yeah, I told everybody like, when you get the ball, don't touch it. Like, because in high school, the clock doesn't stop. And so mm-hmm. I think they had the ball with maybe uh, 30 seconds left or whatever. So I was like, don't touch it. Like, let the clock, like, tire shit like do whatever you have to do to let that clock run and so uh, they ended up missing a couple shots and and we took it out of bounds with you know four seconds and everybody was like hold the ball like don't throw it in and um and then yeah ended up ended up winning it and and yeah it was a pretty amazing feeling just to just to know yeah all your your hard work over the past um you know basically your entire life um and especially the last like three years uh was a pretty amazing feeling yeah to go out to go out like that because it it doesn't always happen that way in sports. So I felt, yeah, pretty lucky to um, kind of have like a storybook ending really. So looking back at this real briefly here, they had a 29 point fourth quarter. So this is what you're yeah. talking about. So like they scored nine in the first quarter, they scored 29 in the fourth. Um, you guys yeah. scored 27. And so, I mean, you were kind of keeping pace with them, but it was definitely back and forth in the fourth. Um, like you said, getting the 2.70, 68 win. 
Um, you still led the way with 23, but yeah, you, one for seven from three was not what you were used to. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember it. Yeah. Being like a super weird game, like the first half. So Sergeant Bluff came out and guarded super weird. So they, they basically put their two big guys, they put one guy at the free throw line and they put one guy right under the rim. And so, um, it was essentially, they, they then face guarded me. They face guarded Tyler Johnson and they face guarded Scott and they didn't guard anybody else. So they, they guarded it super weird. So like, I just remember that start of the game, us being like, you know, it was just kind of weird because the entire season, you know, I was just blown, I was just blown by everybody shooting layups and nobody had really guarded us like that. Like, you know, I had got triangle and tood um, with, with two people on me, like, you know, people had tried some weird stuff. Um, but yeah, nothing to the extent where like Sergeant Bluff, um, they had a really good coach um, and just some really good players. And so, yeah, they, they put, um, I think it was Majak Majuk at the free throw line, who was like six, seven, uh, good athlete. I think, I know he's playing somewhere right now. Um, and then I think they put Daniel Wright right under the block and he's the same like six, seven, six, eight. Um, and so they just stood those guys and wherever I went, they would just shift like wherever I was going, they were like no layups. Like, and so I just remember that being kind of weird to adjust to. And then in the second half, we started setting some screens on those guys and, and I was able to kind of get loose and get under the rim. Um, and, and, once we kind of got past the free throw line, you know, I was kind of able to pick those guys apart. And then obviously Grant Larson was a guy who they chose not to guard um, and had one of the best games of his life. Um, and, um, and so that was kind of, again, one of those things where it was like, yeah, like that stuff is kind of just meant to, meant to align. And so, um, yeah, it was just a weird kind of back and forth game where, some like neither team was shooting really good. And then the second quarter, I think there was like five, like back to back to back to back to back threes by both teams. Like it was just kind of weird. Um, however it went and uh, I remember it being close at halftime, but then, yeah, ultimately was just trying to, just trying to survive at the, at the end to, to come out with the win. Well, so you mentioned two things. So obviously Grant, yeah, you went four for six from, um, from three, uh, which is huge. Had 16 points for you guys. Uh, yeah. But then the other thing, too, looking at this, the fact that, you know, you're facing a defense you've, you've never seen, state championship, nerves on the line, uh, they got you, you guys only had five turnovers the whole game. And so that's something yeah. that where, you know, shots weren't falling, but you were taking care of the basketball. And like you said, we're able to hold on and make enough plays down the stretch and uh, cut down the nets as you guys had always wanted. And in what would have been your revenge tour, probably felt like your, uh, your senior year. And so you talked about it, you know, end in storybook the way that you wanted to uh, on top your senior year after several trips down the state tournament. What do you remember a little bit about uh, the, the moment afterwards, like as you guys are, you know, taking your jerseys off for the last time with a lot of the guys that, you know, you've been, uh, you know, playing basketball with for five, six, seven years, uh, you know, you know, you're going on to play, but for some of these guys, it's kind of the end of the road but you got to go out on top. So what do you remember a little bit about some of the emotions or the, the bittersweetness of, of having an opportunity to end that way? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if there was any really, you know, sadness probably until maybe three weeks later. Like, I don't think I was upset um, or really even had time to like think about it. Um, you know, mainly that's that next week was spring break, uh, which it always kind of is for, for Iowa, I think. And so, 
obviously was supposed to go um, to Mexico with all my friends um, and, and didn't end up going because of the COVID thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, there was kind of like just some weird stuff. Like after we won, after we won, um, hung out that night, like had a good time uh, with everybody. And then, and then I, w- I didn't like hang out with anybody. Like my mom was somebody who was like really like concerned about it. And so like, I think up until maybe like a couple days. So like till that Monday, I hung out with my friends. And then on that Monday, a bunch of them still went to Mexico. So once they came back, my mom was like, no, like you're not going to hang out with them. They've been out of the country. They're, they could have COVID. Like, so I, I didn't hang out with anybody, um, you know, maybe for three, four weeks. And so like that part of it, I think was the worst. And, and then obviously like school gets canceled. So you don't get to go back and you don't get to do a lot of the fun stuff that, um, you know, maybe you would have, um, if it was a regular year. And I think, I think that part of it was probably the worst. Um, just the fact that, you know, I didn't ever feel like we really got to enjoy it as a team. Like, you know, we, we saw each other Friday night, um, you know, in the arena and, and celebrated after the game. But then like, there was no, there was no extra team stuff at the, like, there was just nothing that, that we got to do. Um, you know, kind of as a team, um, had a little celebration like that night in the high school, um, just with all the fans and stuff. But, but then it was like, I didn't see any of those guys, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to hang out with anybody. I didn't really, um, do much. And, um, so that was probably the, the weirdest aspect of it, but, um, yeah, it was definitely, um, was definitely like riding a high for like two, three weeks after that, of just feeling really good. And then obviously got, got a bunch of individual awards, Gatorade player of the year, Iowa, Mr. Basketball, like all that stuff kind of came along with it. And, um, but I, I don't think any of that stuff really would have mattered to me um, if we hadn't, if we hadn't won that game um, because I was just, I cared about that so much. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause that was, you know, that was the time it's hard for a lot of us to think back, but that was a time where we still knew so little about what right. was going on. And I think that we were all, in a belief that, you know, maybe this was going to be over in a week or two. And then when it wasn't, yeah. and then it turned in. And so that just crazy time to think about, to try yeah. to, like you said, have a, have a championship. Okay. Now what does school look like? What is, what is the welcome home party? All that stuff. But uh, all right. looking back on it, it'll be one that you'll remember though, because of all that, whether, I mean, you're going to remember every state championship uh, that's for sure, but uh, being able to win in those manners and in that way is definitely something that, uh, that you'll, you'll remember forever, but okay. So now let's talk about that transition. You talked about committing to you and I, um, it sounded like you were pretty convinced that uh, you and I was the spot. Was there anybody else that was kind of hanging around there? Uh, you know, what was the recruiting process like for you? Did you, was that after that open season, your junior year, did you have a few options on the table or were you kind of thinking, you know, I want to stay close to home. You and I is a good fit. Yeah. So I ended up with, with six offers maybe. And, um, and had some really good schools, like everybody that had offered me um, all had really good programs, really good coaches. Like, I really, um, you know, was lucky because I got a lot of good schools to choose from. Um, and so you and I was kind of always the front runner. Like they were the, they were the first school to offer me. Um, and I don't think, I don't think they missed a single one of my basketball games since the time that they offered me. And so like, to me, that meant a lot. And so, um, I mean, they were at literally everything. And so, um, that was a big, big time uh, factor um, just because I knew how much time um, and how much they cared um, for me to, for me to be on their team. And so, 
yeah, um, they were kind of always the front runner, but yeah, um, had some other good schools that I, that I enjoyed, um, you know, kind of just growing relationships with those coaches, but ultimately, yeah, it was like, you know, so another school is going to have to do something pretty drastic, um, for them to beat out you and I. And, um, and so, yeah, ultimately committed, um, yeah, before my, before my senior year and, um, yeah, has been a, a great choice and I've loved it here and have gotten a, a ton better. And, um, that's mainly because of the guys, um, and the coaches that are here. And so we always ask this when you step on campus, um, obviously schools, uh, just a change in general for anybody, but then to try to be a you know, being a freshman on a the basketball team and play Division One basketball is is even more of a challenge. And so, what do you remember about that transition, uh, both in just being a student and then and trying to figure out where your role is on this team? Yeah, so it was weird because um, obviously that was um, that was still yeah in COVID, and so that whole year we had no fans. So that was that was a weird thing to kind of get adjusted to. Um, because there was, yeah, no energy, like people, there was just nobody there and, and anywhere you went. So I think that was, that was hard of it, a uh, hard piece of it. Um, you know, like over winter break that year, there was no spring break. So winter break was like a month and a half long. So it was like, it was me and the other freshmen. Um, and I think at the time it was men's basketball, um, I think, I don't know, I don't remember if wrestling was still going, but like they shut everybody down because the cases were continuing to go up. So like, I think girls basketball was still, was still here. Um, but like, there was like five cars in the freshman parking lot and it was like four of it was us. Like, so there was like, there was nobody on campus for a long time. So like, it was a big adjustment, not only uh, for basketball, but just like school, school in general. It was just weird, a weird time, I think, for everybody. So I, I am glad that the NCAA did decide to give everybody a year because, you know, as I look back at it, I'm like, that is not that is not what Division One basketball is like at all. Like, it's just it's, it was, was way different and was was pretty challenging. Um, but also, yeah, I got to I got to play a ton and got to learn a lot. Um, so, yeah, I was super thankful that I did get that year. But I'm definitely glad that that they did end up deciding to give everybody a year back because I'm like that doesn't even, that that year doesn't even feel real to me. So sounds like sounds like no parking tickets though, huh? Yeah, no, there was there that's was plenty of places, plenty of places <laughs> to park around campus. So yeah, that's that's always a good thing. It's not always that easy. Um, no, how so? How big how big for your growth? obviously injuries are part of the game. It's nothing, nothing new, but also nothing that we like to see, but how do how big do you think it was for your growth as a player to be, to have AJ go down, um, AJ green, get hurt in that first year, which kind of changed your role a little bit in that first year, kind of gave you an opportunity. Like you said, it wasn't, it's not real college basketball. You're not playing in front of these fans. You're not, you know, you have the home and homes, like it's just kind of weird. Um, and so how, how much do you think that helped your growth and then prepare you for the second season, your second freshman year, when you were then able to play alongside a talent like AJ? Yeah. So, um, you know, that year was weird. So, you know, I, I still started those first like three games, um, you know, so I still was, was kind of in a position to play a lot. Like, I think those first three games with AJ, I played. 
played right around like 25, you know, 20 minutes. Um, and so I was still getting a, a lot of time. Um, and I think I still would have regardless of, of if he got hurt or not. Um, obviously, it wouldn't be to the same extent. But yeah, I mean, for for him, um, we had Antoine who uh, went home um, kind of to help his family out during COVID. Um, we had a couple guys, you know, throughout the year get hurt. Like, you're basically, yeah, um, you're kind of thrown into it. And, and similar to, to in high school, like you just have to adjust. And so it was great for me to just get one year of like experience. And, and it's kind of the same way, like, like I mentioned before, where, you know, that freshman year, the first thing I noticed is how long the games are. Like, I just remember those first like two games thinking that the game was about to be over and looking up and there's like 12 minutes left in the second half. And I'm like, what? Like, I feel like this game is about to be like, you know, like we're about to win. We're about to like, you know, but then there would be like 12 minutes left and I'm like, no way. So I think that that was an adjustment um, just in terms of like the media timeouts, like all those things, like just, you know, string out the game. And so I just remember being like, wow, like these games are really long. Um, and so, yeah, I just remember not, not having a ton of control. Um, and ultimately, yeah, I ended up playing pretty good um, up until the end of our season where, um, we were going to play Drake and had to play Illinois State three times in a row because we played them on the road twice and then played them the first game at the NBC tournament, uh, beat them, and then we're going to have to play Drake. And then one of our players got COVID, um, like a false positive COVID test, so they wouldn't let us play. Um, and and so that was kind of a weird way to end the season as well. Like, you know, you're kind of just like you end the season on a win and then you obviously don't get to play um, Drake in the second game. And so that was kind of weird. But, um, yeah, it was kind of just uh, just just good, though, for for me um, uh, to to grow. Yeah. And get get a ton of playing time and having to do more um, without, you know, some of the point guards on our teams uh, gone. I basically had to to, again, be thrown in a spot to, to be a leader and, and try to help us win as many games as we could. And uh, yeah, obviously didn't have a great year, but yeah, this was also a weird, weird way to end it. Yeah. That, uh, that's always a tough to deal with. Like you said, it's, it's one thing to transition into college basketball. It's another thing to have to deal with all that stuff off court and just everyone's kind of learning on the fly. Um, and that's as athletes, as coaches, that's not what we like. We like to know, we like to plan, we like to kind of see what's coming. And you weren't able to do that a whole lot that year. But like you said, definitely was able to learn a lot. I mean, you would have learned a lot no matter what the situation was and would have had plenty of opportunities in that first freshman year. Um, but uh, given the circumstances of the team, I definitely think that, you you know, you saw some, some touches and had some opportunities in which that uh, definitely helped you and uh, continue to grow your game like you said even in high school now things kind of start to slow down um, I would anticipate that the the strength and speed of the game um, was something that you were starting to feel more comfortable with going into your second we'll call it your second freshman year um, and so then things are slowly starting to come back to normal and so what do you remember then in that second year and what do you think was the biggest change for you individually from your first year to your second year yeah, I remember I, I spent a ton of time in the weight room. Like I knew that was an area where I had to grow a lot. And so, yeah, I came in, came into college really light, um, you know, and, and put on basically 15 pounds um, and, and really put on a lot of weight and uh, was an area that I, that I started to focus on um, 
basically just as much as I was doing basketball. And, um, you know, that, that year, uh, really found that, you know, I could tap into a whole different level of, of work ethic, um, and put in a ton, ton more time. And, um, and then obviously continued that the year after, but yeah, I was, was basically playing my best basketball, uh, probably the, I think the best that I've ever played. Um, and then maybe two weeks before the season, um, broke my hand. And so I had to sit out the first couple, first couple of weeks. Um, and I think I missed maybe the first two games of the season. Um, and, and didn't, didn't really find a rhythm then again, until basically like January, um, you know, kind of right at the start of the new year, kind of started to play pretty good. And, um, also the first time that I'd ever come off the bench, I think my entire life. And so that was kind of an adjustment as well. Um, but yeah, at the end of the year, felt like I was playing really good and, um, was playing. Yeah again, kind of, uh, my best basketball, I would say, um, kind of toward the end of the season there. And, um, and then obviously got to play in the NIT, which was a really cool experience and be a part of a regular season championship team and, um, got to play with some really, really good dudes. And, um, so yeah, that year was, was also pretty critical, I think for my growth simply because I got to, uh, see it, uh, from a different side, you know, I got to come off the bench. I got to, um, be a guy that uh, can be an energy guy and can uh, can do um, just basically how can I still do as much um, with the minutes that I'm given. So uh, it was definitely a, another good year um, that had a lot of adversity that I that I know has helped me um, again become who I am. Yeah, and you mentioned so you went 20 and 12 that year. Um, you individually were the Valley Sixth Man of the Year, as you mentioned in that a little bit of a different role. Uh, coming off the bench, but, uh, you know, providing a huge lift, I think from not necessarily within the second unit, but a, an opportunity with the second unit to be able to score the basketball, be able to make and create plays, I think, which was huge for you. And that shows, um, I believe you, you hung 20 on a good Loyola team uh, that year as well. And then getting that experience in the postseason, getting a couple wins in the NIT, but you guys beat St. Louis and then dropped one to BYU to finish yep. the year um, in your second season. And so then that brings us, you know, up to date to this year. Uh, coming into this year, obviously you guys, uh, again, have to fill some holes. Um, obviously AJ being one of those with him, with him going to the league. Um, and so what was a little bit of the thought process as far as your guys' continued growth, things becoming even more normal on a schedule, you're able to plan a little bit. Um, and so take me through a little bit of your your mentality individually as far as what you wanted to do to continue to improve your game. And then as far as the team uh, going into going into your third year. Yeah, I think that was um, again, it was a year that I over that summer uh, took it really serious and even, you know, took it to another level, um, you know, was working out three, four, five times a day. Like I was just doing as much as I possibly could simply because I knew. Uh, with some of the guys leaving that like I knew what my role was going to be um, and I'm going to do the best I can to prepare for it and so um, going into it yeah um, was shooting a, a ton of shots um, was really just trying to improve my game in every single way that I could uh, to give myself the best opportunity to be ready um, because I didn't know what it was like to uh, to kind of be the guy um, and um, to be the main guy on a, on a really good team at the division one level so um, so yeah, I, I prepared really, really good, um, you know, in that summer and, and prepared, 
prepared for it. Like how I wanted to be the Larry Bird player of the year. Like that's, that's the mindset I took um, and uh, put in a lot of time and, and got a ton better uh, because of it. And um, obviously didn't win as many games as, as we wish we wanted to, um, but had a lot of young pieces and um, it's just hard to win, um, especially with, with how old teams are now. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just really hard to, yeah, to find ways to win. Um, you know, when you, when you just have guys that are young and just don't have a ton of experience. And, um, and so there was, yeah, some things that, that we all felt like we could have, we could have done better and, and went through a pretty rough stretch, um, there in February, but then, um, kind of started playing really good, um, kind of at the end of February and, and played pretty good at the NBC tournament. Um, obviously got beat to, to Bradley who had a really good game. And, and so, yeah, I think it was, um, it was difficult, I think, for everybody to, to kind of go through that, to, to lose a lot. Um, you know, it always it always sucks. Um, but I think uh, it's kind of similar to my freshman year. Like a lot of these guys got a ton of experience with with Nate being hurt and uh, Mike being thrown into the starting lineup. And, um, you know, a lot of guys now getting getting a lot of minutes that um, it's only going to help us um, in, the, in the upcoming year. Yeah, I would agree with a lot of what you said. Just watching you guys too, and obviously Adam watched you guys even closer than I would. But uh, you go out and you'd you'd have some really good games, and you'd win a couple in a row, or you beat a team that maybe you weren't supposed to, and then you'd turn around, and the, and then the next game your 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 age would show. As you mentioned, you just had some guys that you know some somebody would get in foul trouble, some guys need to step in that maybe just didn't have the experience yet, but. Uh, you know, those roller coaster rides are obviously a part of what makes you better. Um, and I think it's something that'll be fun to see with your your young core and everybody coming back next year. Um, you guys make a little noise in the valley. And and you mentioned it too, obviously yourself leading the leading the team and in, in scoring at, at 18 points a game and in assists as well. And so, you know, continuing to increase your output um from a night in and night out basis and be able to, you know, bear some a little bit more of that load will be will be fun to will be fun to watch and obviously we have a lot of uh Iowa people listening to the podcast and so I would assume many if not all of them saw that game um against Drake at the yeah. nap center <laughs> uh which was obviously you guys came up on the on the short end of that I know a double overtime you would like to see that go the other way but uh hit two of the most ridiculous shots we've seen in a long time to be able to force those overtime so take me a little bit through through that game specifically there towards the end and, and the, the shot to, um, to send it, let's see, it was into overtime, right. And then, and then into the yeah. second overtime. So, so yeah. So take me uh, through a little bit of what you remember about that experience and obviously getting, uh, having multiple tastes of that rivalry with Drake, but uh, being at the nap center, obviously being from central Iowa, uh, that had to have been a lot of fun for you outside of, outside of the final result. Yeah, it was, uh, it's definitely fun. It's always fun to go back there simply because you have a lot of kids, like you mentioned, like it's right in that Des Moines area. So uh, a lot of Norwalk people, um, a lot of people that have supported me throughout high school. So it's always great to go back there, but yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of a back and forth game and, um, you know, was a, was a fun environment, was a game that we yeah, played really well in and, um, yeah, we're, um, we're down three and, uh, it's kind of a play um, that has worked really well for us um, all season where I kind of loop through and um, catch the ball with basically a full head of steam. And um, and so, yeah, kind of caught the ball and had to kind of maneuver my way through through some defenders. And um, ultimately, yeah, got a pretty good look at it. Like once I once I kind of caught the ball and got it at about half court, um, 
you know, I was like, I know they're not going to foul me now. So um, kind of had that in my head, like, you know, just be ready for them to foul you, um, to be ready to shoot it, uh, to try to get into your motion. But uh, once I kind of got around half court, you know, I was going so fast that I'm like, they're not fouling me now. So, um, yeah, threw it up um, and, and got a pretty clean look. Um, and yeah, made the first one. And so then um, kind of got rejuiced and everybody was was pretty hyped. Um, Cause yeah, up until that point, you know, we were kind of, kind of dead, like, oh man, you know, they're, they're going to win it. And um, so kind of rejuiced us and, and then, yeah, kind of went back and forth and, and we got off to a slow start in both overtimes, which, which ultimately hurt us. But um, yeah, kind of the same thing in the, in the second over and they're or go, you know, going into the second overtime. Um, uh, yeah. ran, ran an out of bounds play and um, we kind of messed it up and, and, and I, I lost track of the ball um, and had to go find it and caught it again, kind of right about half court. And, um, again, was kind of prepared for them to foul me, but they, but they didn't. So I was just like, I'm just going to go try to get a good look and almost shot like a, a floater, like kind of fading, <laughs> fading away. I think I landed at like the, um, the free throw line. So like I was, I was coming with still some good speed and, um, and made that one too. And, and I thought that was, yeah, then it was kind of just like comical. Like I was like, man, this is pretty funny. Like, uh, like now let's, let's try to, let's try to find a way to win this thing. Like, I don't want to have to do that again, even though it's fun. Like, you know, I, I'd rather just find a way to win this game. And, um, and then they ultimately yeah, got off to some pretty hot starts. Um, and then we just couldn't claw our way back in it. And, um, yeah, came away with the loss, but yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, and it was definitely an experience I'll, I'll remember for a long time. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a, that was a fun game. Like you said, uh, hit those two big shots, um, you know, ended with 30 on the night. Um, but going kind of full circle to, to your, your statement, as far as winning in the Valley and winning at that level, I mean, that's just something that. You know, Roman had 28 that night, but then pretty much the rest of the starters all had 12. And that's something that like those guys are old, they're experienced, you know, they're veterans yeah. in the league. And it's just it's just hard. You get in those battles and those guys just, you know, balance score and they just kind of know what to do, which, you know, for you guys moving forward is is definitely a good goal. And in, in what you guys are going to be able to do and continue to get contributions from everybody, um, continue to improve, continue to work together and get better. And it, I don't see any reason why that couldn't you know continue to be the path that you guys are on with wonderful staff that you guys have up at cedar falls and so take us real quick fast forward here you know this summer we talked about it in the intro um you know you guys will be back and you're already back in the gym getting the workouts doing some of that and so what are, what's it looking like next year what are you what are you excited about what are you guys hoping for and uh lead us into a little bit about what uh panther fans can expect from you guys uh you know come october yeah, definitely. I'm um, looking forward to, to this year. Um, guys are still, yeah, putting in a lot of time. And that's one of the great things about all these guys. They work really hard. Um, and um, and so that's something, yeah, you kind of have to play the long game with it because, you know, it's eventually going to show and you kind of just have to stick with it and stick with it. And um, I think that's what everybody here is doing. Um, everybody's pretty brought brought into to what we want to do here. And um, I mean, you, you see it with, um, you know, a lot of the transfer stuff nowadays, it's like everybody wants to be here. And so um, I think that's a great advantage that we have, like we're working out as a team, um, you know, everybody's in here lifting, everybody's trying to get better. So um, yeah, we, we feel like we have a really good, really good start. Um, and guys are really getting after it already. And um, yeah, definitely looking forward to, to continuing to build a summer and and into the fall to um, to have a, a lot a much better year than, than we had last year and 
um, a lot of that is, is going to come from, yeah, just our, our growth and simply guys now know what it takes. And, um, you know, you, you make a lot of growth after that first year. So I'm, I'm really excited for uh, not only yeah, as an individual, but also just to see what we can do as a team, because um, I think it's going to be um, a lot different. And so that makes me yeah, pretty excited for um, what we can do and have a great opportunity. I think we had to the, the battle for Atlantis, which is a really good tournament with some really good teams. And it's like, uh, pretty much every year I've been here, we've got off to a slow start. So kind of using that as some motivation, like let's play with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. Um, you know, these first few games to to give ourselves a chance at Matt large bit, like let's do everything we can to, uh, to be the best team that we can be. Um, and let's not wait. Uh, let's not wait until the end of the season to try to start playing our best basketball. Like let's do it. Let's do it right now. Like, so that's kind of a, what's been different in terms of how we've been preparing, um, you know, in terms of this summer, like we're, we're taking it with the mindset of, yeah, like we're, we need to be ready to go, um, you know, that very first game. And, um, and so it's definitely going to be fun to, to continue to grow and have some good freshmen coming in. So uh, definitely, yeah, really excited. Well, I agree as a, as a Panther fan, um, you know, the experience you all got last year um, and having Nate Heist coming back. And you mentioned it too, that, that recruiting class coming in, I think they're going to be real good as well. So um, excited for this year. And I think there's big, um, I think there's big things ahead for Panther basketball. So um, well, uh, we'll get you out of here quick um, on our end, Bowen. Uh, we like to end our podcast episodes with a little section called rapid fire. Um, okay. Brian's going to hit you with a couple questions, some about hoops and some not, and you let us know first thing that comes to your head. All right. All right. Before we uh, before we get into rapid fire, though, what's what's your major? What are you majoring in? I guess I didn't even ask that. I'm a psychology major. Okay, gotcha. It used to be graphic design, but I switched to psychology. Okay, well that okay, so that's interesting because I I thought I remember a special on you in high school where you're you know you're pretty artistic. You have some of the um, some of that skill too that I know kind of settles the mind a little bit off the court and so i didn't know if you were yeah. still going down that path or not just got a little too labor intensive there with everything going on or like what yeah. was the deal with <laughs> i just was like i felt like i wasn't getting anything out of college i was like you know all my all my teammates would have like oh i got this hard test i got all this stuff and like i would be like oh like yeah i've got to draw i've got to draw like some shading i got some shading homework i gotta do so like i i always liked the um the psychology aspect of stuff. So I have like a coaching minor. And so I'm kind of looking at it as, um, you know, now, you know, how can I learn about the sports side of, of mental and uh, motivation and all that type of stuff. So um, I'm really enjoying that side of it, but yeah, I started out with a graphic design major, but then was like, yeah, I, I kind of want to uh, feel like I'm like just taking advantage of, of, of my time here. So I switched to psychology and I'm really liking it. Oh, that's cool, man. That's uh, not a lot of kids, I think, would try to make it any more challenging yeah. for them. So good for you. <laughs> good for you. That's for sure. So, all right, let's get into this rapid fire. First one we always start with, what's your favorite visiting gym or arena you had an opportunity to play in? I would say BYU. Um, last year um, in the NIT was was probably one of the nicest campus I've ever seen. Um Really, really cool spot, you know, right there in the middle of the mountains. And then also, yeah, super cool gym. Yeah, that one, I've, that's that's a cool spot to be. Um, do you have a, a certain game day routine or superstition or anything that you have to do on game day? Um, I wouldn't say any superstitions, um, but definitely 
I like to be a re- like I'm a routine type of guy. I'm always like to do the same type of stuff uh, there at the same time, wake up at the same time. Um, I guess I, I do like like my ankle tape. I have to have it purple. Um, I don't like when there's other like colors involved, like I have to wear the same like type of stuff for the game. Um, so I would say that's maybe the only like superstition or like weird thing I have. Like I like to wear the same thing that I wore the last game or whatever. So that's that's probably the only the only like weird one. Yeah, no, that's good. That's I mean, it's it's not weird because every athlete I think does it like has something where it's like, eh, it's yeah. gotta be the same or, or at least while it works until it doesn't work yeah. type of deal. Yeah. Um, what's your, uh, all time favorite basketball shoe. Do you have a favorite hoop shoe that you've worn? Oof. Um, I'd probably say the Paul George fours, uh, which is the shoe I've, I've worn basically every year I've been here. Um, I love that shoe. I, I like the Kyrie's in high school. Um, I don't even know which ones I wore in high school, but I remember really liking them, but, I'd probably have to say that the, the PG fours are my favorite. The PGs, the PGs are a good line. Though. He's done a nice job with the ones that yeah, he's had. They are. And, and if you, you probably wore the Kyrie twos in high school and the Kyrie twos were, those are good too. Those ones felt yeah. good. Those were, those were good. Um, favorite sports movie. Oh, um, I want to say Hoosiers. Hoosiers is really good. I, I like it. It's a classic. So it's interesting that you say that because our recent guest, we had Tucker DeVries on um, last week, actually, and we talked about Hoosiers and he doesn't think he's seen Hoosiers from beginning really? to end. Like he knows the story, but he doesn't. I, and yeah. your guys' age, I, I get it a little bit, but how are yeah. you a hoop head and not, uh, you know, not seeing right. Hoosiers? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got it because my dad loves it. So we would watch it all the time. But yeah, I mean, that, that's a good one. Like Coach Carter's a good one. I actually just watched that like um actually probably this week um watch coach carter um but i would say yeah hoosiers hoosiers probably got to be um hoosiers is probably my favorite that's a good one yep absolutely um what age what age were you or what age will you be when you can beat your dad one-on-one oh um i probably i don't think he's gonna like me uh saying (laughs) this but I probably started beating him consistently like my junior year, uh, senior year for sure. Um, so when I was probably like 18 is when I was like just getting fast enough to where he, his strength couldn't keep up. So, uh, I'd probably say like right, right around there, but, um, he, he'd probably tell you, he'd probably tell you something different. So <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to think the last time I've played with your dad several times at Aspen, but that's probably, you know, now been four or five years. Um, yeah, but yeah, he would, he would show up and, he, you know, usually get, get the pushups, get his warm up button on the side, come yeah. out and just <laughs> hang a few on everybody, usually in sweatpants and then peace out. Like he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't there to hang no, out yeah, and mess he around. Was, he, he wanted to get his in and get out. Yeah. He got after it. Like he was, he was still, you know, just a good solid player. Um, you know, now I don't, I don't think he plays as much anymore, but yeah, he would still try to play um, a lot. Uh, but just, yeah, I don't think as much recently, um, his body just is getting old and, and is having a hard time, like keeping up, like pretty much every time he'd go, he'd, he'd like hurt something. And I'm like, dad, you gotta stop, you gotta stop playing. Like, <laughs> so, um, he still tries to go though and, and play whenever he can. There it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely hard to give up because, uh, you know, when you're a hooper, it's like, that's my best form of exercise, yeah. but, then, but then you're like, all right, there is a fine line between getting hurt and what's it worth. And so yeah. you know, that's, 
That's good. Um, all right. We ask anybody who's ever been to Cedar Falls this question. So obviously you qualify for that. Um, are you going peppers or mulligans? Uh, I got to go mulligans. Mulligans is pretty good, but they're, they're both solid. Oh, Adam, that helps my side. I think peppers yeah. might still be in the lead, but it's, it's getting close. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think that, uh, they're both, they're both good. They're both good, but you're, you're either one or one or the other one you have a go-to. So, uh, yeah, I'll let, I'll, I'll let that one slide, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Come to, come to the Mulligan side. Um, all right. What, uh, obviously shooters touch is the name of the podcast. Cause Adam and I would like to shoot the basketball too. Um, and so what does it mean to you if somebody or yourself, if, if you come out and you have the shooters touch? Um, to me, it would mean, yeah, like soft hands, um, you know, soft touch, um, somebody that has put in a lot of time, um, to, to get extra roles, like somebody, I think anytime you see a good shooter, um, or somebody who, who shoots a lot, um, you know, I never think they got there by accident. Um, they've, they've got there through a lot of, a lot of hard work. Um, so I think that would, that would be my biggest thing is, is they're probably a hard worker, um, but also have some good, like fundamentals, um, and, um, and have worked yeah a lot on their on their jump shot yeah that's 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 a good one um sorry i lied i got one more so two more questions um maya mcdermott obviously the point guard on the women's team you know plays with a lot of energy a lot of fire a lot like yourself i would consider both of you guys under undersized um and so is there anything that uh you've had an opportunity maybe watching her game or you know that you guys can maybe feed off from each other uh as you guys continue to make big plays for the Panthers yeah I mean um she actually lives right across the street from us um and so I think yeah having um a pretty good relationship just with the women's team and um you know they obviously had a, a really really good year last year um and um yeah I think I I take a lot of things um you know from her game um and and she's a, a really solid player and um, that's something that I always like to do when, you know, I'm watching, um, is try to not watch from a, a fan's perspective, but watch from a basketball minded, um, you know, type of thing. And, um, yeah, being a, a small undersized guard, like I always appreciate, um, you know, things that, um, that she can do, um, because I think it's, I know how hard it is to do. So when I see, um, her do it or, or other small guards do it, I always come to appreciate it a little bit more. So, um, yeah, we've talked from, you know, time to time, um, about certain things, but, um, yeah, she's a really good player and it has been really fun to, to watch. Um, she's another, uh, player. I think, I think she hit back-to-back -back buzzer beaters, um, game, game winners. winners, I think game versus, winners, versus yeah. Drake. Um, so not in the same game, but, um, ultimately still, still pretty impressive. And so, um, yeah, just one of those people that you're like, oh, like, yeah, like, like that's a killer. Like that's, that's somebody who's really good. And, um, has put in a lot of time to, to be where she's at. Yeah. You guys, uh, share a lot of, a lot of characteristics and a lot of similarities watching you guys play. And like I said, with the energy and, uh, you know, the, the game that you guys have the ability to score the basketball in bunches and get downhill and get to the room. And so, uh, yeah, that's cool. It'd be fun to, fun to continue to watch both of you guys continue to grow here, um, for the Panthers moving forward. And so with that, then last one, uh, we have here for you tonight, what's the best thing about, having the opportunity to play basketball for the UNI Panthers. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think the best thing uh, for me is just my, my growth. Um, you know, I feel like here I've, 
I've been able to become the best version of myself, uh, not only as basketball player, but, um, you know, with the coaches and with the, with the guys that I've had around me, like I've been able to experience a lot um, and go through some adversity. Um, but also I feel like I'm so much better because of it. And so um, I think, yeah, that's one of the best things um, and something I, I tell pretty much every recruit that's here um, and anybody that's considering coming here is, um, you know, I don't feel like you're going to find a better uh, family and a better place uh, to, to grow your game um, and, and get better than uh, than here because there's a lot of people that care a lot about you. So um, I think that's one of my favorite aspects of, of Northern Iowa is just the family aspect of it and uh, the togetherness, uh, whether it's um, a good season, bad season, like everybody's, um, you know, everybody supports you. So um, I think that's one of the, the best things about it is just the family atmosphere. Very well said. And that uh, speaks volumes to the program, the community, the university. Um, I think all in a nutshell right there of anybody that's spent any time in Cedar Falls or around the UNI men's program um, or women's program for that matter. You guys share a lot of, a lot of similarities in coach tenure and um, winning basketball games and doing it the right way. And so that uh, very well said. And so this is normally where we would stop the podcast, but uh, this is a little bonus feature for all of our Hoop Troop listeners. Do you have a really good Chris Larson story? Like, what's the deal, Coach Larson? Like, what do you what do you got? Something that you can share with us um, about uh, your your time under the toolage of Mr. Larson? Yeah, um, I actually don't think um, I don't have really too many great stories. Like, you know, um, in terms of him, like being upset or being mad, like our teams, our teams, um, that I was a part of never were like super bad, but I think, um, you know, one of my favorite stories that I, that I've heard of is, um, is one game, um, obviously people, I don't think they had played very good, um, you know, up until the point. So I don't know what year this would have been. Um, but I think he, he walked in the locker room um, and was like obviously pissed and he had, he had whatever, he had spilled like some water, like came in through some water and then um, went to throw the bottle. And because of all the water that he spilled, there was a bunch of it on the floor. So he went to throw the bottle, like just in the middle of just chewing everybody out um, and ended up slipping and falling. And then everybody like, you know, was, it's kind of like this awkward, like, Oh, like, he just is so pissed at us, but, um, but I actually, yeah, I wasn't obviously in the locker room to hear it, but it was definitely a story that I feel like I'll, I'll remember forever. Um, but yeah, there was, there was never really too many times, um, you know, where he, he got super mad at us, um, simply because I feel like we just, we did a lot of good things and there was, yeah, still some times where, um, he would scream and stuff, but there was never, never too many like water bottle throwing or or clipboards (laughs) breaking or anything. So Oh, that's, uh, that's perfect. That's exactly what uh, we need to end the podcast on for all of our, <laughs> our Uncle Larson fans out there. And so Bowen, we appreciate you taking some time. We'll be following along with the journey as always, watching the Panthers, watching your continued growth. Um, best of luck here this summer, getting through everything camps. If you guys get an opportunity, make sure you swing out to one of those. And uh, thanks again, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me on guys.